A pit orchestra is called that because they sit in a pit beneath the stage, usually in front of it, but these days they actually sometimes sit underneath it. You'll basically be sitting in what amounts to an underground recording studio, watching the performance on a screen while your musical director tells you what to play. They're invisible, but certainly not inaudible, and it's a pretty good gig if you ask me. But you know, let's ask the horns what they think. Welcome to Strong Songs, a podcast about music. I'm your host, Kirk Hamilton, and as always, I'm so glad that you joined me to talk about musicals with the pit orchestra below the stage, musicals with the pit in front of the stage, and sometimes musicals that have the pit right there on the stage with the singers. We've got one of the greatest musicals of all time to talk about on this episode, and it's actually a musical that a lot more of you are about to be able to see. So turn up the volume, find a comfortable place to sit, and enjoy the show. I am recording this new intro in 2020, about one year since I first released this episode focusing on Satisfied from Hamilton, and the reason for that is that this week, Hamilton is being released as a streaming movie that anyone can watch from home. It's pretty cool because it's a stage production of the musical that's been shot like a movie, so you're not really seeing a movie musical so much as you're seeing the original cast on stage performing the musical. And as someone who's seen the musical on stage, I gotta say, this music is amazing. I mean, it works great as an album. I listened to it a whole ton of times before I saw it, but seeing it is something else. I mean, the choreography in this show, the set design, all of that is really, really remarkable and makes the show so much cooler. So I'm very excited that so many more people are going to get to see this musical. And while I'm sure it won't be the same watching it on the screen as it was seeing people on stage, you know, doing it in real life, I think it'll still be really, really neat for a lot of people who didn't have the opportunity to see it on stage. And I do think that Broadway musicals have a real accessibility problem. So it's great that especially for a musical that's as rich and rewarding as this one that so many more people are going to get to see it. So for those people, I am bumping up this episode on Satisfied. I'm making a few edits, a few updates, some things that I've learned since I initially published it. I'm making a few small corrections and things like that. So this is basically a version of the 2019 episode on Satisfied remastered for 2020. One other new thing about Strong Songs since this episode came out is that Strong Songs is now a listener-supported show. I don't make any money on this show from ads or sponsorship deals or anything like that. It is entirely from my wonderful listeners. Thank you so much to everybody who has become a patron of this show. It really means a lot, and it makes it possible for me to set aside the time to do things like, say, go back to old episodes and update them for a new audience. So, if you like this episode, I hope that you will head over to patreon.com slash strongsongs and consider becoming a patron, because that really does make it possible for me to keep making this show, which I have been having a great time doing. Okay, so it's time for me to hand it off to my past self to take you on a journey inside or back inside, satisfied from Hamilton. But one last thing before that, and that is a shout-out. I want to shout-out Alex Lacamoire, who was the musical director on Hamilton, did a lot of the orchestration and arrangement of the music, and while the music 
music was written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, Alex Lacamoire was an integral part of making it as rich and as amazing as it is. It's easy to credit a huge collaborative project like a Broadway musical to one person, and Lin-Manuel Miranda performed a Herculean feat in writing all of the music in the book for this show, but I would be remiss not to mention Alex Lacamoire and give him credit as well, because he is incredible, does amazing work, and was a big part of why this musical was so great. I didn't mention him in the original episode, and that was an oversight, so I am now remedying that oversight. Alex Lacamoire, you rule. Okay, that is enough preamble from me. I hope that you enjoy or re-enjoy this deep dive into Satisfied from Hamilton. Thanks everyone so much for listening. Take it away, Past Kirk. Okay, it is time to get into this episode's strong song, which I am very, very excited about, in part because it's a great song, and in part because it is part of a larger collection of music that I think is fascinating and really, really fun to talk about. It's also maybe the most ambitious song and the most ambitious undertaking I have done on this uh, on this show, and yes, I am including Bohemian Rhapsody in that. What song am I doing? Well, like so many of the songs that we've done on this show, it all begins with a question. How does a podcast about music, made by a guy wearing sweatpants in his home studio, dropped in the middle of an actually fairly well-traveled spot in Southeast Portland, somehow find a way to talk about one of the greatest musicals ever made? Well, it's funny you should ask, my friends. The solution, as it happened, was to focus on a single song, and in so doing, take apart the themes and variations that pump through the veins of the entire undertaking like blood on the fields of Yorktown or in the heart of a conflicted young woman. Her name, Angelica Schuyler. Her theme, four notes, four tones moving skyward, a theme that would echo and repeat both upward and downward as she wrestled with her feelings for a man loved by her sister, Eliza. Three notes, one up and one back down again. Much simpler, more elegant. A younger Skylar, but no less relevant. She would go on to marry the man and have a much larger part in the show. It wouldn't turn out to be all sunshine and roses, though. Well, the word's gotten round about this guy. I mean, he's the main event. Though something about focusing only on him seems sort of dissonant. These sisters' characters were so rich, their songs and themes so relevant. But I guess we gotta introduce the guy, since the show, after all, is named for him. Alexander Hamilton My name is Alexander Hamilton And there's a million things I haven't done But just you wait, just you Wait no longer, my friends, because it is finally time for Strong Songs to talk about Lin-Manuel Miranda's absolutely brilliant musical, Hamilton. What's your name, man? Alexander Hamilton! Just to get this out of the way up front, I, Kirk Hamilton, am unfortunately not related to Alexander Hamilton, though I do have some fairly cool relatives from that period of American history. I am nonetheless thrilled to dive into his musical today to talk actually not about a song that features Alexander Hamilton, but instead the song that is the big feature for Angelica Schuyler, as I mentioned in the intro. Her song Satisfied is actually one of my, if not my absolute favorite song uh, from this entire musical. It's the song that really kind of was the, the first time I heard it, it was the, the thing that opened the musical up to me and made me understand just how great it really was and how good it was going to be, and I think that it's really incredible. I don't think 
think I can really just focus on one song to talk about Hamilton because what I love so much about Hamilton is the way that it's been written, the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda has woven all these musical ideas and themes and motifs into and out of one another to create this incredibly dense and rich musical experience that... If I talk about one song, it's really hard to not talk about other songs. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than some of the other things that we've done, because while we're going to be focusing on Satisfied um, for the majority of the run, we're also going to jump out and talk about some other songs, too, because those other songs are where the uh, the, the themes for each of these characters are established. And those themes are played with in a lot of really cool ways throughout the course of the musical, and in particular, uh, during Satisfied. So let's zoom out for some vital stats. Hamilton is a Grammy Tony in. Pulitzer Prize winning musical by Lin-Manuel Miranda. It premiered in 2015 with music, lyrics, and book by Miranda. It's based on Ron Chernow's Alexander Hamilton biography. It tells the story of Alexander Hamilton, an orphan immigrant from a small Caribbean island who went on to become George Washington's right-hand man and the first secretary of the treasury before eventually being killed in a duel by his longtime rival Aaron Burr. Hamilton obviously has really great music, but what really makes it stand apart and what made it stand apart when it came out in 2015 is that the whole cast is almost entirely non-white actors, despite the fact that they're portraying historical figures who are almost all white people. And the music, of course, has been modernized as well with hip-hop and soul and all kinds of modern uh, musical sounds used to tell this story. The effect in the end is kind of that the whole musical feels really exciting and alive in a way that American history kind of doesn't that often when you learn about it, but no doubt did at the time. Time when all of this stuff was happening and all these people got together and just sort of came up with the idea for America. Now, Satisfied, which this episode is largely going to be focusing on, uh, is from the first act of the musical, and it's a feature for Renee Elise Goldsberry, who played Angelica Schuyler on the original cast recording and in the original cast. It also features Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton and Philippa Sue as Angelica's younger sister, Eliza. Now, Renee Elise Goldsberry is a serious heavy hitter. You may not know her name, but you probably know her face and her voice because she's been in all kinds of things. She was on Broadway, she's been in Rent, she was in The Color Purple, she's in The Lion King. Um, I actually know her from The Good Wife, that TV show which she was on. She was recently on the Netflix show Altered Carbon, which is a kind of trashy but fun sci-fi show. She's also an incredible musician. She's released albums. She's done all kinds of stuff. She is seriously an, a really, really amazing and talented musician and performer. So what I really want to talk about with Hamilton are themes and musical themes and the way that those themes can be woven into the music to tell stories that are happening concurrent with and in and around the lyrics, which are also telling a story. And just the many different ways that music can tell stories, because I think that that's a fascinating part of Hamilton and Satisfied really sort of embodies it. So let's go back a little bit to the beginning of the musical, and I'm going to kind of talk through the songs that lead up to Satisfied, just to kind of really quickly recap the story so far so that everyone's on the same page when it's time for Angelica Schuyler to give her toast at Eliza and Alexander Hamilton's wedding. So Back at the beginning, we meet Alexander Hamilton. He arrives in America, an immigrant. He uh, sort of shows up. He's he's this brilliant person who's very thirsty and, and ready uh, to do something great, but he doesn't quite know what. And the main introduction to him is the song My Shot, which is one of the most famous songs from Hamilton. It's a sort of a, a, a his call to arms and him saying, I am this brilliant person and I am not throwing away my shot. I'm going to do something great. I'm 
amazed and astonished The problem is I got a lot of brains but no polish I gotta holler just to be heard with every word I drop knowledge, I'm a dominant So during this song he kind of impresses John Lawrence and the rest of his crew that, uh, that became his friends and allies during the American Revolution He's met Aaron Burr a little bit before that so they established that relationship and uh, this is kind of the song where he just illustrates to everybody that he is a ridiculous genius which Alexander Hamilton apparently was and with, that was not something that everybody knew before this musical and now I think that people are, are more kind of on board with that reading of history. So shortly after that we meet the Schuyler sisters two of whom are very important characters. So the three Schuyler sisters are Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy. We meet them during a song called the Schuyler sisters where they're singing about uh, their lives and sort of what they're looking for and what they want to get out of life. After we've met the Schuyler sisters, Alexander Hamilton accepts a job as aide-de-camp to George Washington, which is sort of a job that he's been hesitant to take from a number of other people, but I think he realizes that George Washington is a very important leader in the revolution and that this is sort of Hamilton's chance to, to really make a difference. And so he does not throw away his shot, in this case anyways, and he takes the job um, with uh, the future president, the future first president of the United States. I'm not throwing away my shot. Son, we so, you know, the war is going on, and there's a lot of stuff with the war. The war is kind of not that important for the whole Angelica, Eliza, Hamilton thing that we're going to be dissecting on this episode. So, that is definitely happening. As that's happening, there's a winter's ball, and this is kind of where Alexander's life takes a major turn because that's where he meets both Angelica and Eliza Schuyler. Now, Miranda does something very clever here. It's a kind of a one-two punch that really knocked my socks off the first time I heard it. And the one-two punch is Helpless and Satisfied, which are two songs that come back-to-back -back and are very important counterparts of one another. I'm not going to talk about Helpless that much on this episode because Satisfied is sort of the more important half of the two by design, and Helpless is just kind of a less interesting song also by design, but it is worth talking about Helpless. So Helpless is where Eliza sees and falls in love with Hamilton, and it's the story of, you know, kind of them meeting at this ball Angelica introducing her to Alexander. Where are you taking me? I'm about to change your life. By all means, lead the way. Elizabeth Schuyler, it's a pleasure to meet you. Schuyler. My sister. Thank you for all your service. If it takes fighting a war for us to meet, it will have been worth it. I'll leave you to it. One week later, I'm writing a letter nightly. Now my life gets them falling in love, their courtship, him writing her these beautiful love letters because he was such an amazing writer, her getting her blessing from her father, or them getting her father's blessing for them to get married, and then their wedding. It all happens pretty fast. It's all very light and breezy, and you think, oh, okay, that was, that was actually sort of a really fast love story. Now, when I say that it's not as interesting a song as Satisfied, I definitely don't mean that it's not a good song. I actually really like Helpless. I think it does some cool rhythmic things. There's some cool kind of one-note melodies that I think Philippa Sue really performs perfectly. And it's just a really nice, joyful song. It sort of builds, and then it ends with an echo of the wedding march as um, Eliza and Alexander get married. And then, immediately after that song, Angelica gets up to give a toast. All right, that's what I'm talking about! Now... Everyone, give it up for the maid of honor, Angelica Schuyler! A toast to the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the bride. 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 From your sister. 
is minor and the tone is more somber than you might have expected. The musical themes are flying fast here, we'll go back through them in a minute and break down what's going on, but the tone is just not maybe what you would expect for a wedding speech. And then, all at once... Angelica hits the rewind button in her mind, and we're taken back to the Winter's Ball to revisit that fateful night one more time. I remember that night, I just might regret that night for the rest of my days, Angelica says, in the kind of thing that you don't usually hear in a toast to the bride and the groom, in which Angelica is obviously not saying to Eliza and Alexander, and instead is just thinking to herself. And in her mind's eye, we revisit that night to hear a story of heartbreak and loss that we totally weren't aware of during Helpless, and that greatly informs um, our understanding of Angelica, her relationship to Alexander, and her relationship to her sister, Eliza. See, as it turns out, Angelica fell in love with Alexander when she first met him. Now, she knew that she couldn't be with him. She introduced him to Eliza so that they could be together because that seemed like the next best option. Um, And this song is kind of about her whole process and the mourning of this immediate love that she felt, this immediate rare connection that she felt with somebody. It provides some foreshadowing for the problems that her younger sister Eliza is going to have with Alexander in their marriage down the road. And moreover, it just sort of provides this really interesting parallel between Angelica Schuyler and Alexander Hamilton that is reflected both through the lyrics, through both of their brilliant minds, and also through their musical themes and the way that the song plays with their themes. So the whole thing is kind of framed as this remembrance that Angelica is doing while she's giving a toast at the wedding. Um, We've already heard that part. She kind of starts giving the toast, saying to the bride, to the groom, to your union. And then as she concludes the toast, she says, may you always be satisfied. And of course, as we flash back to the party, we learn what that means. Because while we saw Angelica introducing uh, Hamilton to Eliza, we didn't see Angelica and Hamilton meeting for the first time. In fact, that introduction is a little bit confusing when you first hear it, because it, it kind of presupposes that they, that Alexander and Angelica have already had a conversation when we didn't actually get to see it. So in Satisfied, we flash back a little bit farther in the night, and we go back and we hear their first conversation. Now, there are three important pieces of musical information that I want to get into your ear before we dive into the music of this song. And those three pieces of uh, musical information are the musical themes for Alexander Hamilton, Angelica Schuyler, and her younger sister, Eliza Schuyler. Those themes turn up a whole bunch of really cool places um, in Satisfied and actually in the musical. One of the things that I find so rewarding about Hamilton is the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda has sort of uh, laced all of these themes into and out of one another. And he does that with lyrics as well. There are these sort of phrases that turn up over and over throughout the throughout the musical, things like, I'm not throwing away my shot, or wait for it, or history has its eyes on you, or in this case, the word satisfied, which turns up a whole lot, and actually much later in the show, the word satisfied will come back in some sort of different contexts. And it's something that makes listening to this musical many, many times become very rewarding, because, you know, I'll be at my 50th time through the musical, and I'll notice new things. And in fact, while working on this episode, I sat down at the piano uh, 
and you know learned these songs on the piano for the first time and noticed so many things that I'm actually really excited to share on this episode, some of which are really kind of amazing. And it makes me think that there are just hundreds of other things in this musical that I still don't know about because I haven't learned the entire thing. So let's get into it. Let's establish those three character themes. And um, we'll start with Alexander Hamilton. Now, each character establishes their theme the first time they say their name. It's usually when they walk out and introduce themselves. And in Alexander Hamilton's case, it's the first thing he says in the musical. You actually heard it in my little intro at the beginning. Let's listen to it one more time. This is Alexander's theme. Alexander Hamilton. So that's a very simple theme, and it's kind of a rhythmic theme, too. Every time he says Alexander Hamilton, it kind of has that rhythm. But it's just in a minor key. He starts on the fifth and walks down like this. Now, some of these themes have a variation. Alexander Hamilton does have a variation. There's a second version that adds a little extra note, and it sounds like this. My name is Alexander Hamilton. So same rhythm. It just goes up instead of going down. Sounds like this. So those are the two themes. We've got theme A and theme B. So that's Alexander. Let's look at the Schuyler sisters. They actually sing their themes as they introduce themselves in the song, The Schuyler Sisters. They walk out and each uh, each character, Angelica, Peggy, and Eliza, all sing um, their character themes as a sort of a collected um, motif that plays, you know, it, c- it contains all three of their names. But if you break each of them out, it's sort of their individual character theme. So it's a collective, you know, it's like a collective longer melody that encapsulates all three sisters. But then each part of it is the motif that is associated with the character, with the sister herself. So then throughout the show, since Peggy's not really in the show very much, um, whenever Angelica sings her name, it's almost always uh, using Angelica's theme. And whenever Eliza sings her name or someone else sings Eliza's name, it almost always uses her theme. So let's listen to what those themes are. Let's break those out. We've got Angelica, which is four syllables in her name and a four note motif that starts out like this in the key of D major. Then we've got Eliza, which is always two notes, well, really three. It starts on one note, goes up, and then goes back to the original note. Um, it's The space between the notes is what's known as a perfect fourth, so Eliza is a perfect fourth. That's her interval, but that's not that important to know. Basically, Eliza, um, her theme always sounds like this. And then there's Peggy, who, you know, God bless Peggy, not as important of a character in this musical, though I will say I read a little bit about Peggy Schuyler, and it sounds like she's a pretty rad, she was a pretty rad person. So um, this, uh, the tour that I saw was actually called the And Peggy Tour, because I think it's a little bit of an inside joke that Peggy gets such short shrift in this song. But just to, to get it out there, Peggy's theme, she wraps up the, uh, the little, the trio of themes, and her theme is And Peggy. So just like with Alexander Hamilton's theme, there are some variants of these. Um, and so the themes are a little more about the rhythms and the shapes than the exact, you know, sort of harmonic, intervallic relationships they have to one another. Because in the same song, they do a quicker version of their themes. They rearrange the they rearrange the names. Peggy goes second. Eliza goes third. And um, the notes are a little bit different. So just so you can hear that. Angelica, Peggy, Eliza. It's really the most relevant difference there. It's a pretty minor one, but it's just that Angelica's theme starts and ends on a slightly different note. It's the same shape and the same rhythm, though, which is what's important, but the notes are a little different. They're more like this instead of her original theme, which, if you remember, was up here. Eliza's theme is the same. Angelica's theme establishes its shape and general tonality, and that's the most important thing for Satisfied. So let's get back to Satisfied now and go back to the beginning. And at the very start, Angelica's theme is already in there. See if you can hear it. All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Do you hear it? Now, 
everyone, give it up. It's right in your face. Honor, Angelica Skylar. So the theme is playing actually the entire main motif of this song, the musical motif that plays in the background and that the whole song is built out of is actually constructed out of Angelica's theme. And that's this. Now, that may not immediately sound like Angelica's theme to you, but that's because you have to break it apart. And when you break it apart, you'll notice that it's actually doing something very, very cool. So if you take just the first four notes of that phrase, you get these notes. Now you hear it, right? That's Angelica's theme. So the first part is built out of Angelica's theme. There's more to it, though, right? The full line sounds like this. So if we take out Angelica's theme, that those first notes... The rest of the line, you get something that sounds like this. Interesting. So basically, what this line is built out of is Angelica's theme moving forwards, and then Angelica's theme inverted, moving backwards. Put it together, and you've got two instances of the character's theme moving up and down, or moving forward and then inverted and moving backward, as this character exists in a moment in time but contemplates something that happened in her past. Now, I think that is awesome. I don't know if that is something that was purposefully written in, if that was Lin-Manuel Miranda who did that, if it was Alex Lacamoire doing it when he was arranging this show, which does seem possible or even likely. I think Lacamoire is responsible for a lot of the really cool, intricate stuff going on in the musical arrangement. But I just want to say I haven't really read any um, harmonic analyses of Hamilton, so I should say that all of this is just me um, in my own head, sitting at the piano, learning this, which is kind of how I like to do this show anyways. So um, I haven't done any deep research on it. But I love that. I think that is so cool. This entire song is built out of that eight-note motif, and that eight-note motif is built of two separate instances of the four-note Angelica theme, moving forward and then backward, as she moves forward and then backward in time. So listen to that again and keep all of that in mind. A toast to the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the bride. To the bride. So you may also be hearing the harp over there in the right channel doing a slower version of the motif that's spaced out uh, about half as long. So that's also Angelica's theme. If you listen to it, if you speed it up a little bit, it sounds like this. So that's already two instances of Angelica's theme. I mean, three, I guess, if you count the one that's moving backwards as well, that have already been interwoven just during this very simple introduction where there are almost no instruments playing, um, aside from the vocals and the harp and the piano. So taken together, those three instances of Angelica's theme sort of fit together like this. Listen for it on the actual recording. A toast to the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the groom. To the bride. To the bride. To the bride. From your sister. Angelica. Angelica. Who is always by your side. To your union. So here the strings have come in and they're echoing that counter melody that the harp was playing. So 
So it's really cool once you've identified Angelica's theme and you start to realize that it's not just going to be something that they sing. Those four notes aren't just going to be something that she sings when she introduces herself or someone says her name. It's actually going to feature in the music behind her whenever something central to Angelica is happening, which is actually true if you go a little farther back in the musical. Let's listen to the section where Angelica introduces herself during the song The Skylar Sisters when we first meet her. I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. So many say that I'm intense around insane. You want a revolution? I want a revelation. So listen to my declaration. So hopefully that line that the guitar is playing behind her sounds familiar to you because those notes are the same notes in a different key that we hear later in Satisfied. And they're also the same notes that we associate with Angelica's main theme. In fact, in the very next line, as Angelica goes on to quote from Thomas Jefferson's line in the Declaration of Independence, uh, we hear the full eight-note version of her motif where it goes up and then back down, which then, of course, the entirety of Satisfied will be built out of. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And when I meet Thomas Jefferson, <gasps> I'm going to compel him to include women in the sequel work. There are a lot of examples of that kind of thing in the instrumentation on Hamilton. I could list them all. I would love to do that. This episode would then probably be three hours long. This musical is already almost three hours long, and I think you should go listen to that. So um, I'm not going to take any more of your time. However, if you are a major Hamilton fan, there's a very cool uh, version of the original cast recording with no original cast. It's called the Hamilton Instrumentals, and it's a really fun listen. If you know um, the music already and, like me, if you're really into sort of instrumental arrangements, and how arranging can kind of work with a musical like this. It's super fun to listen to. And as you listen, you will hear things that you did not hear when everybody was singing that just kind of get lost in the mix or are less important than the vocals. And you'll hear a lot of examples of these kinds of themes and motifs weaving their way in and out of the instrumentation behind the singers. Above all else, it will give you an appreciation for the work of musical director Alex Lacamoire since he's responsible for so much of that. And the arrangements in this musical are so intricate, so cool, so clever, and so much fun. So let's get back to Satisfied. Um, Angelica has given the beginnings of her toast and then sort of frozen time as she goes back in time. So we do this whole rewind sequence in which on stage it kind of everything resets itself and we see the night play backward in reverse like she's actually hit a rewind button and we go back to the beginning when she says that she regrets the night. So listen to that opening section and just pay attention for more and more echoes of that theme, in particular the way they separate out the version of the theme that goes up and then the rewound version that goes back down. So at this point, the theme is going up and it's going back down, and then it's time for Angelica to recall when she first met Alexander. You strike me as a woman who has never been satisfied I'm sure I don't know what you mean, you forget yourself You're like me, I'm never satisfied Is that right? 
I've never been satisfied. So of course throughout this section the ascending and descending you know sort of regular and inverted versions of Angelica's theme are playing in the harp underneath as they sort of size one another up and he tells her she looks like she's never been satisfied and he's like she's like what do you mean and he says well I've never been satisfied and she realizes he's kind of noticing a kinship between them or a similarity. So during this next scene they introduce themselves to one another and they say their names and it is fascinating the way that they introduce one another. Also the cello comes in with that slow down version of Angelica's theme so this whole thing is kind of if you picture it as a kind of a patina of flashback as she remembers this whole thing is kind of drenched in Angelica's theme because we're within her mind as she remembers this night which I just think is a really cool musical framing device so listen to how they introduce themselves to one another and then we'll break down what it all means I've never been satisfied my name is Angelica Schuyler Alexander Hamilton Where's your family from? Unimportant, there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait, just you wait. So that is 15 seconds of an almost three hour musical. There is so much musical information packed into that 15 seconds that it's incredible. Um, it's just one of the things that underlines what an achievement Hamilton is. Uh, so check it out. All right. So of course in the background, we still got Angelica's theme all over the place. The cello is playing it. The harp is playing it. It's just all over. But... Listen to how Angelica introduces herself. My name is Angelica Schuyler. Interesting. So the notes that Angelica Schuyler sings when she introduces herself to Alexander are not her main theme. In fact, they're these notes. My name is Angelica Schuyler. Now that's interesting. The first time I heard this, I wasn't sure what to make of it until I learned it on the piano and I saw the one note that changes there is a B flat to an E flat. And what interval should that be? but a perfect fourth. Whose theme has a perfect fourth in it? Eliza's theme. And remember, this song is about how Angelica, in the end, introduced Alexander to her sister Eliza, even though she wanted him. So it's perfect that when she introduces herself to Alexander, she introduces herself using Eliza's melodic theme. It's a really clever way of underlining the duality between the two sisters and the way that they kind of swap places at times in this song and in the musical in general. My name is Angelica Schuyler. Now here's a fun little extra note that I can add about that musical Easter egg. When I first published this episode in 2019, it caught the ear of none other than Lin-Manuel Miranda himself, who said some kind words about the episode and also shared a fun little nugget about this scene and another reason that he wrote in that little motific Easter egg. My name is Angelica Schuyler. So per the man himself, not only is Angelica echoing Eliza's motif by emphasizing Schuyler in her name there as well. Schuyler. It is, as he puts it, a flex. She's basically saying to him, do you know who I am? I'm a Skyler. I'm from a big family. Who the heck are you? It's another fun, tiny detail and just pretty cool to hear that from the guy who wrote this musical. So I thought I would update this episode just to add that because it's a pretty neat little detail. My name is Angelica Skyler. So to that, Alexander says, of course, Alexander Hamilton. That's the main variation on his standard theme, remember, which is this. Then Angelica echoes it back to him in a kind of a cool way, asking where his family is from. Where's your family from? Alexander responds to that, still singing his theme, of course, that it doesn't matter where he's from, and just you wait, because there's a million things he hasn't done. Unimportant, there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait, 
Just you wait. And that Just You Wait, of course, is a lyrical echo of when we first met him during the song Alexander Hamilton, which is also where we first heard his uh, character theme. So now listen to that whole sequence together when they introduce themselves to one another and pay attention to all of that if you can. To Angelica's themes, which are playing in the background, to the way that Angelica actually sings Eliza's theme when she introduces herself to Alexander, who will eventually marry Eliza, the way that Alexander uses his own theme to introduce himself, and the way that they both play with his theme when he's kind of dodging her questions about what his family is like. I've never been satisfied. My name is Angelica Schuyler. Alexander Hamilton. Where's your family from? Unimportant, there's a million things I haven't done. Just you wait. So, so, so this is where the two fall in love. They, this really brief conversation, this brief meeting is enough to send Angelica head over heels for this guy. And the two of them are just completely into each other. And it's a kind of a quick sequence. It goes very fast and suddenly she's all about it. What's interesting is the music is doing so much extra work that when I actually went deep and kind of got into what was going on, I totally buy it. They're, they're establishing a link between these two characters in all of these different ways, but using musical motifs and themes and, you know, the instrumentation behind them to sort of tie them together in this really kind of amazing way. So they've taken all of the different themes of the characters and they're playing with them and having different people say different themes and having people echo their themes back to one another. And it's a way of saying that Angelica and um, Alexander are the same person in some ways. Because remember, the thing that made Angelica take notice of Alexander in the first place and not just brush him off like she did when she initially thought that what he was saying her was just a line is when he says this you're like me i'm never satisfied he explicitly says to her you're like me we're the same and there's one more musical way that lin-manuel miranda is underlining that and it's a really cool way that i didn't realize until i started learning some songs from hamilton on the piano so satisfied follows the same chord progression throughout and it is this chord progression here it is one time through So there are five chords in total. Let's go through them in order. This song is in C minor, so the first chord is C minor. Then it goes up to the minor third, which is E flat major. Then it goes up to the fourth, which for what I think is an F minor, four minor. Then it goes to a flat six major, which is an A flat major. And then it ends on the five, which is G. So in order, C minor, E flat, F minor, A flat, G. Okay, so as I was learning Hamilton songs, I decided I would go back and learn the most iconic song from Hamilton, also known as My Shot, the song in which Alexander comes out and kind of defines himself, and it's really his defining song. Guess what the chord progression to that song is? And I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. And yeah, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. This song is in G minor, and it goes from G minor up to the minor third, which is B flat, up to the four minor, which is C minor, up to the flat six, which is E flat, to D, which, wait a minute, that's the exact same chord progression as Satisfied. 
That's right, Satisfied and My Shot have the same chord progression, which is something I never realized and totally blew my mind when I figured it out. I think that is so cool because it's the defining songs of Angelica Schuyler and Alexander Hamilton, and of course, those songs have the same chord progression and in many ways echo some of the same themes for the two characters. So when Alexander says, like me. I mean, he's not wrong. Is that right? I've never been satisfied. The extent to which Lin-Manuel Miranda has established a link between these two characters musically, just through motifs, themes, instrumentation, echoing themes in the instrumentation, chord progressions of songs, is pretty ridiculous. And that's just two characters and two songs for this one moment, for this 15-second passage of the song. And I think that should give you some sort of a sense of just how rich and dense Hamilton is. I mean, you could spend hours at the piano just going over this musical and finding things like that. Um, those are some of my favorite examples, but there's just so much more. Like I said, we could really be here all day. So this is what it feels like to match with someone at your level. What the hell is the catch? It's the feeling of freedom of seeing the light. It's Ben Franklin with the key and a kite. You see it, right? The <laughs> I love that line. Um, the next coming up line, this is sort of the sequence as Angelica realizes the depth of, you know, how affected she was meeting Alexander. This next line is a really cool, partly because of the way Lin-Manuel Miranda really likes to show off sometimes with his, with um, the rhyme schemes on the lyrics that he writes, they'll go really, really long and there'll be all kinds of twisting rhymes that go in and out of one another. And uh, he definitely does that with this next line that he gives Angelica. In fact, it makes me think back to the episode I did on Monin talking about jazz phrasing. Um, you know, a really long phrase can also be sort of uh, impressive in a similar way to a bebop phrase in jazz, which, you know, makes sense. I think hip-hop in a lot of ways is an organic evolution of things that were established in bebop. So it's the same idea of this, just a really long phrase that's really impressive. And I love this next phrase. So check it out and just pay attention to how she keeps weaving the same rhymes into and out of one another. And the, the line just builds and builds and builds and just keeps going and going and going and going. It's, it's, it's really something. The conversation lasted two minutes, maybe three minutes. Everything we said in total That is a great line. So it goes basically from rhyming the words minutes and around the sign that that sound minutes to dance, and it kind of flips at the top of the phrase from rhyming a bunch of things with minutes to rhyming a bunch of things with dance, which is cool. Listen one more time and pay attention for that. The conversation lasted two minutes, maybe three minutes. Everything we said in total agreement. It's a three minutes, a bit of a dance, a bit of a posture. It's a bit of a stance. He's a bit of a flirt, but I'ma give it a chance. <laughs> and then right after that, she says, "I asked about his family. Did you see his answer?" I asked about his family. Did you see? Which, of course, the ants sound in the air rhymes with dance and stance. And then she says hands. There's just a lot of very advanced um, rhyme scheme stuff happening in this entire musical and in this song in particular. So she's very attracted to him. She's really into this. And then, of course, she looks across the room and sees her sister Eliza. I want to take him far away from this place. Then I turn and see my sister's face. And she is so So a bunch of smart things are happening here. For starters, there's the most obvious one, and that's that when we see Eliza in um, Angelica's recollection of it, Eliza immediately starts singing Helpless, the song that she sang when she first saw Alexander. Of course, that's a really obvious callback, totally makes sense, and uh, reminds us of the kind of counterpart song to this one. The other smart thing that the song does is that Angelica sings, I realize three fundamental truths at the exact same time. I just like that lyrically because it sets you up for the next part of the song. She tells you that she's realized three fundamental 
fundamental truths, and you now know what the structure of the next verse is going to be. Namely, she's going to list those truths, and the order in which she lists them is actually pretty interesting. Number one. I'm a girl in a world in which my only job is to marry rich. My father has no son, so I'm the one who has to social climb. So the first thing that Angelica realizes is about her social station and the way this world is, and that is that she's a woman. She needs to marry someone rich because her father doesn't have any sons. That doesn't make her want Alexander any less, she is clear to say, but she can tell immediately um, that he's penniless because she read him like a book. The minute he sort of dodged her on his family, she could just tell he didn't have any money. It doesn't really affect her feelings for him, but it means that the realist in her understands that as the eldest and as the one of her um, father's daughters who needs to marry someone rich, um, she probably can't have him. So the second fundamental truth relates to Alexander. Remember, the first related to Angelica. The second fundamental truth relates to Alexander, and it's about how he must be after her because he knows she's a Skylar sister, her father is wealthy, he will get money if they get married, so she can't totally set that aside. Then there's a couple cool things in here as she realizes what she needs to do. She sings Eliza, and when she sings Eliza's name, she sings, she kind of matches the shape of Eliza's theme, and she realizes that she needs to introduce him to her instead. I introduce him to So that's exactly what she does. She introduces him to Eliza, knowing full well that it means that she'll never truly be happy because she won't be with him. Thank you for all your service. If it takes fighting a war for us to meet, it will have been worth it. Now this scene is just a repeat, a remembered version of something that already happened in Helpless, and it's interesting to listen back to the same interaction in Helpless and notice how different the uh, accompanying music is and how much that changes the feel of the interaction. Here's how it sounds in Helpless. Elizabeth Schuyler. It's a pleasure to meet you. Skylar. My sister. Thank you for all your service. If it takes fighting a war for us to meet, it will have been worth it. I'll leave you to it. As Angelica remembers it in Satisfied, it has very different music behind it. Angelica's theme is playing, actually, and um, the vibe is considerably different. Thank you for all your service. If it takes fighting a war for us to meet, it will have been worth it. So all of this is intercut with Eliza and Hamilton's first meeting that Angelica orchestrated, but we're seeing it in a new way, and we're hearing Angelica's mournful theme playing in the background as it happens. Now, the first fundamental truth related to Angelica. The second fundamental truth related to Alexander. It only makes sense that the third fundamental truth, delivered last and with the most urgent instrumentation underneath it, relates to Eliza. Number three. I know my sister So Angelica is so brilliant. She's so aware of everything that's happening. She's read Alexander so quickly. She knows her sister so well, like she knows her own mind. She knows all of this. And as a result, she's in the difficult position of having to decide how this all is going to shake out. So she makes the conscious decision to give Alexander up and introduce him to Eliza and leave them, you know, to get to know each other because she knows that it can't work between her and Alexander. But that doesn't change how she feels. So in the last moment of introspection, before the finale of the song, she just reflects on that. And in the background, we hear one last, really beautiful, very spare version of Angelica's theme. But when I fantasize at night, it's Alexander's eyes. As I romanticize what might have been if I hadn't sized him up so quickly. At least my dear Eliza's his wife. 
I keep his eyes in my life. And then from that moment of silence, bassist Richard Hammond comes in with the nastiest bass fill to set up the grand finale for an Elise Goldsberry to bring us home. As we crash back to the future and time reasserts itself, Angelica's theme is weaving in and out, and we hear her toast again, but it sounds different. We hear the anguish of what she lost. Thus and Satisfied, my favorite song from Hamilton, and a moment when so many established themes, chord progressions, and melodies are woven together into a beautiful and bittersweet tapestry. Angelica Schuyler has met her match, a man who mirrors her in so many different ways, right down to the fact that their defining songs have the same chord progression. And yet, because of three reasons, three truths that she understands, one truth that applies to each of the three main characters concerned, she can't have him and she needs to give him to her sister instead. She throws away her shot, like Hamilton eventually throws away his shot, like so many characters in this musical have to choose when to throw away their shot, this moment is Angelica's. And that'll do it for my analysis of Satisfied from Hamilton, slightly polished and updated for 2020. I hope you liked this episode. I am actually planning on talking about another song from another musical that I really like in the near future. So if you're a musical fan, look forward to that. Thank you so much one more time to all of my Patreon patrons. If you would like to know more about how to support me making this show, head on over to patreon.com slash strong songs and consider signing up. Of course, I know not everyone can afford to become a patron, which is totally fine. Another great way to support me is just to tell people you know about this show. Thanks so much to everyone who's already been spreading the word. And hey, if you haven't seen Hamilton before and you're about to watch it, I hope that you like it. This episode's outro soloist is the one and only Bay Area accordionist Rob Reich. So stick around for Rob and I will be back very soon with more strong songs. (laughs) 